This is an Appalachian Vibes mini-episode from WNCW. I'm your host, Amanda Baki. My guests today are Catherine Backus and Lacey Levy, board members and executive director of the not-for-profit Girls Rock Roanoke. Girls Rock Roanoke is part of a national and worldwide movement to educate and empower girls and gender-expansive youth through music, creativity, and collaboration. I'm Lacey Levy. I'm the executive director at Girls Rock Roanoke. I'm Catherine Backus, and I'm a board member and volunteer for Girls Rock Roanoke. So tell me, what is Girls Rock Roanoke, and when did it get its start? Uh, Girls Rock started in Roanoke in 2012 with our co-founders, Lee Ray Costa, Anne-Marie Carroll, and Kim Brodich. And it is a nonprofit that focuses on empowerment and education for female, non-binary, and gender expansive youth in the Valley. I came on as executive director in 2013 after my kid joined, and I was just a volunteer at that point. And I believe uh, the first Girls Rock camps in the States were in the Pacific Northwest. There's a great documentary out there. Oh, Uh, yes. But... Girls Rock Roanoke, I believe that Lee Ray's kid attended rock camp in North Carolina. Yeah, the um, Charlotte. Charlotte. So that's the direct influence on Girls Rock Roanoke. Wow. So tell me like exactly what people can expect to to go to Girls Rock Roanoke. What does camp look like, Lacey? Oh, my gosh. What is camp? Magic. (laughs) Yes, it's pure magic at camp. So they come in and we put them in bands on day one. So you've got 30 kids and then we divide them into six bands. And once they're in their bands, preferably with people they don't know, so they're not with their friends or people that they came with, um, throughout the week, they have to get to know each other, learn an instrument, write a song on their own, and then perform it on Friday. Wait. With friends and family come. I know. It one sounds week. crazy. One week. <laughs> one week. And a lot one of campers, m- most campers aren't aren't musicians or play instruments when they come They're in. They're not. And if they are, um, they generally play a music, an instrument, they generally play an instrument they've never played before. Yes. So it's kind of that beginner's mind for everyone. It's really magical. And so like on day one, they get to do this really cool kind of like round robin with all the instruments where we have our awesome instructors come in and they get to do bass for an hour. And you should see like the little kids with these giant bass guitars and they're like, they feel so cool. And they're already in that like rock star mentality and they do vocals and keyboard and drums and that's a loud room to be in when you've got six kids just wailing on a drum kit. It's like the best thing ever. And that's where we start to see kind of like, um, that's the magic room for me is the drum room because they're like, we can be loud. We can take up space. Like, oh my gosh, like no one told us that we could ever be this loud. And they, it is like all of this kind of like built up, not even aggression, but just quietness that they're expected right. to hold all day. Girls are socialized to be quiet, to be polite, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And if we look at, I mean, Amanda, you're a musician. I'm mm-hmm. a musician. We've been to a guitar center before, right? Oh, yeah. If you walk into a guitar center as a woman, you're going to have a very different experience than a man, right? Um, and I've so- never gone in as a man before. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know. What do you suppose, like, the difference is? Well, I, I've been, you know, playing music since I was about 12 years old, playing guitar, and I think there's often a presumption of incompetence with anyone who's perceived as female or, or oh, femme. Oh, yeah, for you sure. You know, that I don't know my instrument. I don't know how I want to sound, right? 
and and we yeah. we have to prove ourselves to oh, take yeah. up space now if yeah. you've ever been an open mic night mm-hmm. love and light to anyone who's brave enough to do an open mic night it's so hard but the people that are socialized and perceived as male i think have a much easier time getting up there and oftentimes are perfectly confident to not sound very good but how how different would our experience have been if we had been able to go to rock camp when we were nine or ten, you know, and met yeah. other girls and gotten to be loud and empowered and then walked into that space, you know, they wouldn't have told us no at all. One of our favorite workshops, and we've had it every year, is when Sean Spencer, who is a local jazz singer, and oh, yeah. Is, yeah, she is like the epitome of stage just, presence. I mean, yes. yeah, and she's just pure magic when she walks into the room, and she does our stage presence workshop every year. And so she comes in and she has, we do like a, um, like a, a train type walk and we have, you know, dance parties and everything, but she gets the kids up on stage and she has them lip syncing songs in like this full band in front of all of us who are down on the floor, like screaming and yelling, like we're at a rock show. And it's the first time that they actually, you can see the confidence starting to build. It's like, you can actually watch it happen when they realize it's okay for me to walk this way. And it's okay for me to be sassy on stage. And I can do a little twirl with my microphone or flip my drumstick. And they're like, so excited about it, because they're so used to being so subdued. And I think like, when I started going to camp, that's what Like, I was really shocked at how much I, as an adult woman, had lived my life in this subdued place where I couldn't actually be free to say the things I want, move the way I want, and interact with people the way I want. It was always what was expected of me. And we just watched them, like, flourish. Yeah. And I I worked during the week as a music therapist, you know, and, and so I can definitely speak to the power of that expression and letting all that stuff out how important that is you know as opposed to repressing it or hiding it and so i think the benefit it goes beyond just the thrill of making music it really does support emotional well-being and confidence and community like community is a one word i would use to describe camp it's a beautiful community we were together um right after the roe v wade decision was overturned and i remember um, there was a, a group of little kids and they, they had written this song about becoming a Phoenix mm-hmm. and rising out of the ashes. You ha- yeah. And it was, we all just stood there and cried. Like we were sobbing in the middle of their song because we had just went through this like awful experience as women. And there was this beautiful song being sang about how we're going to rise from the ashes and be even better than before. And it was just like catharsis. It yeah. really was. I mean, that's like the epitome of what we do. If, if I could bottle that and give that to someone to watch, that's what we do. What is the Phoenix's favorite snack? What? Firecrackers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Do it. 
this happen in one week i'm just having a hard time understanding how that's even possible i think a a big part of that is we do workshops throughout the day and we do like songwriting workshops and stage presence and self-defense and yeah and conflict resolution and they go through this very intimate experience together and they're doing their workshops in their bands and so they're having all of these conversations and they really I mean, writing a song with people you don't know, coming up with a band name. Mm -hmm. And what is your song going to be about? Who's going to play what? And is somebody going to solo? Are we all going to solo? All of these decisions you're making in this very short amount of time creates like this bonding experience and it just cycles very fast. I mean, trust me, I know on the outside, it sounds like it shouldn't work. And that's what and I think. And there are every, moments where we wonder, is it going to work? Is this it going to work? It always does. The kids come through. <laughs> the kids are amazing. The campers are amazing. And they use all the skills they learn in their workshops to make their songs happen. And so, you know, even if you can't volunteer at camp, if you can't come to camp, come to the showcase. It's the best show you'll see in Roanoke. It is so fun. It is. We had, um, and I, I know I'm free to talk about this because my child was in the band. Uh, we had a band one year. Thursday came. And we were talking about everyone's in, you know, this is final rehearsals. We are figuring out what to wear. And the kids were like, we can't do this. Like mm-hmm. none of it sounds good. None of us are happy. Oh my God. We're just not going to perform. We're not going to perform on Friday. And I was like, well, so that's not really an option. You guys <laughs> have to have something. I don't care if you introduce yourselves and strum the guitar and then leave. You have to be on stage. So I kid you not, the kids came out and they did a two minute set where it was just jokes with eggs as the punchlines. It was a bunch of dad jokes with eggs. And I remember the crowd, the first couple were like, what is, and then they were like guffawing. They were laughing so hard. (laughs) And the kids were like, oh, really into it. Then doing the like at the end. And I thought, this is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen, but we're making it happen. And that's what they decided to take from camp was, we're just, we can't make this work the way we want to. So we're just going to go have a good time together. And it was great. That was like, it was wonderful because they were all on stage and doing what they wanted to. So where did the idea for, like, I, I can understand where the different workshops come together, um, like for the musicians and music related things, but where did the self-defense and, um, conflict resolution type things come in to the girls rock Roanoke. Is that specific to girls to Roanoke or is that every camp? No. So we, um, there's a conference every year where a bunch of our board members and leaders from each different camp kind of come together. And we have this, um, national GRCA conference and that's where a lot of the sharing of workshops started. And I think we just realized it just kind of started that way. Um, that there were all of these different things that girls don't really have access to. Uh, they don't teach you self-defense in elementary school. 
Um, they don't care about conflict resolution past the please don't fight with each other, but they don't mm -hmm. tell you it's okay to feel big feelings. And then how do you deal with them and how do you relate them to other people? And they definitely don't do body image work. We have body confidence workshops and we have kind of like an open floor to talk about that. And so I know from like our standpoint, when we started integrating the workshops, it was if we could give these kids a toolbox, like, you know, and you envision kind of like a toolbox, what kind of tools do they need to leave camp and go back to their world, wherever it is, and have the tools that they need to be successful and feel as confident in their lives as they do at camp? Hmm. And so we started realizing that self-defense was a big part of that. They, especially when they enter middle school and high school, they're already getting unwanted attention, whether it's at school or in their communities mm -hmm. or at home. And we wanted them to know that they could defend themselves. That was something that they absolutely could do. And, you know, we've had the tough conversations with kids where they realize at camp through these workshops, hey, I'm in an abusive relationship. What do I do? I never realized that friendships could also be abusive. How do I get out of this? Or so-and-so is, you know, touching me like this and I'm not comfortable with it. And so we, we've had lots of kids. We deal with self-harm, eating disorders. We've had, you know, campers throughout the years who get there and don't realize these are things that they can talk to adults about. They don't have a designated safe space to do that in. And so we provide that for them. And we actually started like, Five years ago, calling it a brave space instead mm -hmm. of a safe space. So like you can come to us and, and we can help you and point you to the appropriate resources if we don't have them. So, but we do have two like, um, clinical psychologists on site, one for week one and one for week two that are designated there to handle the big stuff that comes up so that, you know, they're, they're professionals. That's what they do in their daily life. And they give a week of their time every summer so that when these things come up, we have someone there who can help us deal with it. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. I'm actually shocked. I'm actually, I'm a middle school teacher. And, um, so we have, you know, I won't mention here, but there's a lot of things that come up in the classroom and, um, pre, uh, predetermined ways that we're supposed to handle things that really you find that, um, I, I end up feeling a lot of times I'm just another adult that they're telling their problems to who can't really do anything to help because we really are lacking resources, I think, in, in this community in general. So I'd be interested to get <laughs> to learn more of the resources come you have available. Come <laughs> to camp. We want everyone yeah. to come to camp. Yeah. So when is it happening this year in 2024? So we were just talking about that. We're hoping um, early August. And we're probably, you know, it's going to not look like a traditional camp because we're working on fundraising and rebuilding after the pandemic kind of okay. like, like every other nonprofit sucked mm -hmm. the wind out of our sails. Um, but we're working really hard to get back to capacity so that we can continue to offer the two weeks of camp. Um, but it may look a little different this year when we get back up and running. So hoping for early but August. If, if you want to make camp happen, please yes, donate please. at girlsrockroanoke.org. That would be fantastic. That's how you help. Cool. So that's that was my next question. Where where can people learn more? It's girlsrockroanoke.org. 
Absolutely. And we're on Facebook and Instagram, Girls Rock Roanoke. Um, And you can pop on there. We have ways to get in touch with me and the board. And we have a list of events and everything coming up. And if you'd like to volunteer your time as well, we always welcome folks who are willing to help out at camp or with events. Yeah, absolutely. And you do not have to be musically inclined to do so. I was not when I joined. And that's what deterred me at first. And I started as a volunteer because my kid wanted to go to camp. And so... Is it free for campers or is there a fee? So there's a fee, but we do not turn anyone away for their inability to pay. Wow. Um, We do have financial aid available and people just have to ask, but the the normal price range for it is $350 a week. Um, But our fundraising does go towards scholarships. Absolutely. And we do partial and full financial aid. Wow. Is it it a spend the night camp or is it a day camp? Day camp. Day camp. And we run nine to three normally, nine to four. And then on Fridays, they go home for just a little bit and then they come back and have dinner with us before the showcase. Wow. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you guys would like to share about your mission, about um, the future of Girls Rock Roanoke, about the past? Yeah. I mean, I think I spoke to this, but, but Girls Rock is, is what I wish I had had as a kid, Mm. you know? And, and I think, um, most of us are familiar with sort of our inner child. And so when I go to camp and I volunteer and I teach songwriting to the kids, like that really supports my, my well being and like my sense of community, you know, which is a selfish thing, but, but I would say for, uh, the adults in our community, you know, like, (laughs) the kids give us so much and and each other so much. And I think that like, you really have to be there to experience it. So if you are at all inclined to get involved with volunteering or even just coming to showcase and checking it out, like it's a really magical space. And you're an artist as well. Uh, yeah, I'm a songwriter. Yep. What do you, what do you play? Uh, I'm a folk singer, but, but when I was, when I was 12 or 13, my twin sister and I had a rock band and actually, this is my, my girl's rock origin. Okay. As I'm in high school, I went to the Tennessee Governor's School for the Arts. And I made friends with a couple really cool kids who played in a rock band in Nashville. And they had gone to rock camp in Nashville because Nashville had a rock camp in the early 2000s. And, like, we saw the community they had and all the awesome things they were doing. And I was like, if I am ever someplace that has a girl's rock camp, I'm going to get involved because that is so cool. And, like, 10 years later, it happened. And how long have you been a part of the board? Uh, I think Lacey and I were discussing this earlier. I think since 2018. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I have a a very different story. Um, I came as more of like a a neurotic overbearing mom because no, I I mean, it's funny, but that's who I used to be. Um, So my kids started uh, at eight, which is our beginning age. And I got kind of tapped to volunteer and I thought, Oh, what a great way to keep my eye on my kid. And, um, when I was there, they, uh, Anne Marie, our uh, therapist there kept us very separate. They, and she said, I want you to have your own experiences here. And it was the first time that anyone ever cared about my experience aside from my kid. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I mean, I'm not here for me. And she said, yes, you are. Hmm. You are here for you. So when stage presence comes, Yes, if she asks you to dance, I want you to dance. Finn's not here to watch. And so I had my own actual experience at camp where I got to participate in the workshops. And it was like the first time I was just me instead of 
mom. Mom. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of wild. And then I became a volunteer coordinator the next year. And then I got tapped to be executive director the year after that. And it was just so, and I still keep our experiences very separate. We made it through the entire um, summer of camp last time without anyone realizing I was Finn's mom, which was kind of wild. I mean, we don't look terribly alike, but, um, and so that's why I always encourage women to come out and volunteer and to really put themselves out there because you get so much out of it. We get stuck in these roles that we play every day and I love my role as mom. Um, but man, it felt so good to be Lacey for a little bit. And it was just, you know, it was, I learned how to play a ukulele. That's cool. I mean, I'm not going to do it professionally, but, (laughs) but I get to do it when I want to, because I know how, because somebody cared enough to say, Hey, if you really want to learn how to play this on lunch, I'll show you some chords. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's great. I think that's a good point. You can learn how to play ukulele at lunch. You did? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't I, see why My mom not. is learning to play the drums in her 60s after going to Lady Drop Camp. so amazing. I love yeah. that. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, can she come down and play? I mean, She's drinking come pink on. wine and doing puzzles yeah. at the same time. Yeah, she does it all. <laughs> does it all. You can learn more about Girls Rock in Roanoke, Virginia at girlsrockroanoke.org. You can also learn more about local chapters of Girls Rock in North Carolina at girlsrocknc.org. Thank you to my guests this week. I'm Amanda Bakke. I'll see y'all this Saturday at 6 a.m. for the full hour of Appalachian Vibes radio show from WNCW.